Hey, what's up guys? This episode is a little bit different. This is an interview that I did with the Barking Mad show. Really awesome guys. Went down to the New Forest, absolutely beautiful area in uh, southern England. And yeah, recorded this with them all about engagement. So I wanted to share this with you and I hope you enjoy it. So we're here with Nick Benger. How are you, mate? You good? Very good. Thanks for having me on. And this is a bit a bit strange for you because you're actually being interviewed by all three of us. Yeah. And in person. There yeah. they are. Yeah. And in person, yeah. It's worth mentioning Managed that. to drag you down to the studio in the forest. I know. All the way from Bristol. Well, I think a lot of people listen to the podcast and don't realise that most of my, well, all of my podcasts are recorded through the internet. Mm. And I think sometimes when people listen to podcasts, they automatically assume you're in the same room. And today we actually are. Yeah. We, we like to stare into the whites of your eyes. <laughs> As I sit here and shake. <laughs> so um, what, I think the best place to start would be, tell us a little bit about what, how did you first get started in dog training? Yeah, well, I'm, yeah, it, where do I start? So I, ha- I had my first dog, Chester Labrador, when I was about 15 years old. I was you know, begging to have a dog for years and years and years, and finally my parents gave in. And everything just kind of went wrong, you know. Um, I kind of had every problem, you know. He chewed stuff. He, we had toilet training issues, but the one that really pushed me over the edge was he almost got ran over, probably two or three times, but once very, you know, very close. close and uh, that was kind of like the last straw. I was kind of like, you know, I've, I've got to figure this out, and I went to look for information on how to resolve my problems and my granddad actually, I don't want for my granddad come support, <laughs> put him in the spotlight yeah, yeah but he kind of said you know there's this really good show um the dog whisperer you should you should watch that so so I did and I became this massive season Milan fan you know I was on the forums I had a t-shirt I was you know everything I was I was did you literally a have a t-shirt yeah yeah I, did, yeah. <laughs> I, love it. I think it said I can't remember if it said it just I remember just I had Pack Leader <laughs> yeah, yeah that would have been fitting yeah so and then eventually after being a seasonal land fan for ages and getting in so many arguments online you know where between the two sects you know the positive mm-hmm. community and the and the seasonal land fans and they kept saying you know read don't shoot the dog or read the culture clash and I thought do you know what screw it I'm just going to check it out I um so I bought don't shoot the dog and within like a few chapters, my mind was just like blown. I was just like, wow, you know, there's a lot more to this than I thought there was. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I wouldn't say it was like an immediate crossover because I still, I was trying to figure out how does this fit into what I f- think I already know, you know, about mm-hmm. dog training. So, but that was, that was definitely the catalyst. I actually reread Don't Shoot the Dog on holiday this year. Oh, very nice. Yeah, it's yeah. a good, it's such it's a amazing read. book. It's a fantastic book. Yeah. Really I can't remember book. how many times I've read it. Yeah. Because <laughs> oh, it's really? one of those, isn't uh, it? That yeah. You could definitely reread it. Uh, yeah. I've only read it once, but that's just, that's who I am. I just, I <laughs> yeah, don't reread one read. books very much. <laughs> yeah. Don't reread so, books very, very much. But. Yeah, I mean, in fairness. But it's, it's a good enough read that you could. I you think. certainly could, yeah. 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 It's something everyone can read at home, yeah. We should do a recommended reading list. There we go. There we go. Good yeah, idea. we'll put it up. Put that it up on our Facebook page. Yeah. Um, I think you have a testament to you then. So you actually just thought, I'm going to check this out. I'm going to I'm going to go for this. Because a lot of people would, uh, I know we talked about it before, like get entrenched in that, like, no, I'm definitely right over here in my corner of the world. And 
one yeah, else. Yeah, well, a bit like Jordan. I mean, Jordan had it way worse than I did. But yeah. <laughs> I made my mistake on the TV. <laughs> <laughs> way, way worse than probably anyone. I thought knows. you were going to say your granddad said, it's a great show on TV, it's one show. That would be funny. So, I, so from there on in, so it was, it was a gradual process, sort of like you know, mm, changing your mind as to what it was. Yeah, so I, I read Don't Shoot the Dog that blew my mind and I started experimenting with positive training um, specifically trick training I did a lot of trick training I found that a lot of fun and then um, I was still on the fence like how does this fit into the whole dominance thing because you know this seems so central to the whole you know dog whisperer and and all of this other stuff that I was reading so how does this fit into what I'm learning about here and then I came across Barry Eaton's book Dominance in Dogs Fact or Fiction and it's a really short book, and I picked that up. And like, it, it's a very, very short book. But by the end of it, I was like, "Wow, you know that convinced that blew it out of the water." Mm-hmm. I was just like, "Well, yeah, that's uh, yeah, dominance doesn't have anything to do with training dogs." No, so. isn't it amazing how sometimes you can just come across something that really opens your mind mm-hmm. into the, a different way of thinking, mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be anything really complicated, or should we say it too? Um, <laughs> technical maybe yeah. yeah yeah or or like too amazingly different mm-hmm. it's just sometimes the information of how it's um uh, presented it? presented yeah. thank yeah. you mate yeah, yeah. Um, but how the information is presented to us of how we take it in you know because again like you're saying don't shoot the dog great book and for some people that's the wow oh my mm-hmm. god but then you find something like that that another book for us is um on talking terms with dogs, mm-hmm. calming mm-hmm. signals. Tour of Rugas. Again, another book like that. same mm-hmm. thing. You read it in an evening while you sat down, mm-hmm. just not doing too much. But what you'll take from that book is quite something. I'll tell you what, my catalyst for uh, uh, learning was really simple and a, a bit obscure. It was actually when I went to the APDT in America after the one show, was watching them clicker train chickens. Because I came home. Suddenly they're clicker training chickens. You can train a chicken. I had chickens and ducks at the time. And uh, I was like, well, instead of having to run around the garden for a couple of hours every night trying to round them up, I'll teach them to target a blue box. And so I did. I'd wave the box about and they started targeting the box. I was feeding them. And then I'd wave the box, throw it in the house, and they'd all run in and close the door. Mm. And just something that simple, how that completely changed my whole evening. I wasn't running around like a lunatic anymore. And it was so simple. And you can do it with a chicken. You can do it with anything. Yeah. Yeah. That was the, and that was the real point when, aha, this works for every animal. Mm. I'm, I'm there now. I, I understand why. Yeah, and, and other times the like aha moment doesn't necessarily come instantly. Mm-hmm. Like, um, yeah, I remember when I went to see uh, Craig Ogilvie's talk on play. Like, you know, I, I kind of I sat for it twice actually because I went early because I really wanted to see it, and um, I kind of went home satisfied, but I really didn't, you know, I didn't think like this is revolutionary or anything. And then when I started using it over the following few weeks, then I was like, oh wow, you know. Yeah. I've, really been underutilizing play here and that that was probably one of the early uh like you know talking about catalysts that's probably one of the early catalysts for the stuff that i write about more now which is like the engagement stuff because then i started to realize that you know there is more to this than just like you know the age-old recall training well that brings us nicely around because there's something we always talk about here is engagement Mm -hmm. your dog wanting to be with you Mm -hmm. and i know you're a massive proponent of that that's how you that's your whole ethos on Uh everything Uh um 
Actually, I was on your website. I was stalking you on your website earlier on today. And you've, got <laughs> a, you've got a, um, a free yeah. engagement guide on there as well. So. Yeah, well, you fed me into the plug now. Boom. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> <A> segue. Yeah. Uh, yeah, people can... Well, I don't know if you, you're happy for me to... Uh, for yeah, go yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, So people can pick that up. They just have to go to www.barkplayteach.com slash the hyphen engagement hyphen guide. Uh, so yeah, you can download that and uh, that's free. And that was just kind of a brief introduction to the in- ideas of, you know, engaging with your dog. Mm-hmm. And and I think that was mostly intended um, as a way of introducing people to the ideas and showing that it worked. Because, mm-hmm. you know, one of the first things I say when I have a client for kind of recall training or, or whatever, usually when you, you start out with them, you... you you're kind of confronted with a dog that has learned to completely ignore their owners, right? Because people have this habit of going on walks and then just ignoring their dogs, playing on their phone and, Mm -hmm. and listening to music, listening to podcasts (laughs) 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 or whatever it is. Right. And then what happens is the dog just learns, well, people aren't interesting. I need to get that somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah, So often my first advice to people is just reward any eye contact you get for the first week. And I, and I say, you know, reward every single time. And just that in itself, you know, at the end of the week, oftentimes you'll get a message from people when they're saying, you know, my dog keeps, <laughs> my dog won't stop staring at me. It's yeah. Like, yeah, that's a, that's a good starting place, right? Yeah. I'm glad to have, I'm glad we've got that problem now. It's a nice now. problem. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, so it's just that kind of immediate turnaround. And I knew that if I could put that into a simple guide, then it would show people that this stuff actually works. And it's actually really important. Because when I first started dog training... I was taught what I think most people are taught, which is, you know, if you say that you you have a client for recall training, mm-hmm. then you do the typical stuff. You teach the dog, come back when I say come, mm-hmm. right? Problem solved. Mm-hmm. Maybe you do some whistle recall. It's like, actually, people don't have one problem there. They have two problems. Like, first, they can't get their dog to come back, which is what everyone's addressing. Yep. But the second problem is the dog's running off in the first place. Yeah. Like, that's where engagement comes in. And people just overlook that all of the time. Yeah. And I, th- I think when it comes down to also when you look at the debate that happened and my crossover from one form of like training to another, when you when you go back to some of the more old school stuff, they do talk a lot about being engaged and being present with the dog. Mm. And then we moved across to something that was slightly more mechanical, more scientific. And I think we did lose a little bit of that feedback. And I think it's really important to have that engagement constantly because it's not just about dealing with the behavior problem that presents itself. It's about building a strong bond and a good relationship. Mm. That's so, so key. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talk about it all the time. Mm-hmm. Literally, that's like, well, uh, uh, a broken that's, record. Yeah. So I, I've started to kind of turn the guide more into like a book now. Mm-hmm. And I don't know when it's going to come out because as you will know, Steve, like writing a book is a hell of a task. <laughs> but like the introduction, you know, I, I started looking into, well, it starts off with me talking about this idea. You know, if you were to start a poll on Facebook, what's the most important thing to teach a dog? I guarantee that a huge amount of responses are going to be recall. Yeah. I actually disagree with that. Yeah, I actually don't think that's right. I think what the most important thing to teach a dog is to engage with you in the first place. Mm-hmm. Right? Because I I'm not suggesting this, but I know a lot of people and I'm sure you all do, dog owners, not trainers or whatever, they have no recall, but they have a dog that wants to be with them. Yeah. So it's <laughs> so not the, an issue. The problem of recall mm. rarely comes up. Yeah. And I'm not saying that recall isn't important and and that goes back. I mean, I know you said, you know, there's certainly some people that have mm-hmm. I'm not claiming to have offended engagement right like mm-hmm. that's not that that's yeah. not it at all um but like you know that idea of recall being the most important thing like the earliest example i could find of that was 
like 1943 i think a guy called carl fritz that used to train dogs um for like hollywood and films mm-hmm. and stuff um he actually trained Toto for The Wizard of Oz. Really? Oh, cool. Like he's quoted in in an article saying recall is the most important thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like <sighs> so that isn't a, a new thing. But no. people, I, I well, you're am, right. You're right in as much as as well. If, if people capture that engagement, the mm, puppies naturally offer mm, them at the very beginning. Definitely, how it sets yes. them off on the right foot for sure yeah. in that relationship. It's yeah. so important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I mean, um, I think a lot of the engagement stuff started coming about when people actually started getting involved in dog sports. Mm-hmm. Because that's an environment where you need engagement, right? Like you need the dog to be fully interested in you when you're in an environment with crowds and other dogs and all this kind of stuff. And if you go out and you you look online at the moment for engagement stuff, you see I haven't found anything or very little on pet dogs. But what you come across when you start doing those searches is stuff for competition. Yeah, You know, like Denise Fenzies wrote a book on engagement. Um, There's a guy called Forrest Mickey who did one for Learberg. So like the engagement stuff is, is very much at the forefront in Training. dog sports. Yeah. Yeah. But people just haven't crossed that over to the pet dog world. It seems obvious mm-hmm. in, in a strange way, doesn't it? Actually, mm-hmm. I, I'd be interesting to see because I, I do recall classes as well and I, like, yeah, that's 100% what we focus on. Mm-hmm. And I always see this week was brilliant because it's week two mm-hmm. and that's funny what you said, a lot of suffering is true because week two is always the week when you get there and it was mm-hmm. raining today when I was out there but every one of those dogs mm-hmm. was bang like on you know looking at their owners and you know engaging with them all the time and again it was a similar thing so we do like checking training stuff like that do you like find sometimes though it comes down to confidence in the people mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. without a doubt so them feeling confident to go through the cycles of, of what they <laughs> of yeah. what they're doing with the dog and not panicking about all the other stuff mm-hmm. in the environment mm-hmm. um, because what that's what sometimes i can find that people they're so focused on trying to do one thing mm-hmm. that they're forgetting about the seven other things that are happening yeah. at the time. And it's also about confirmation as well, giving the dog that confirmation. Yeah, but then they, they, they kind of sometimes you, you find that people can get lost in too much information mm-hmm. of trying mm-hmm. to do stuff mm-hmm. when they're in a in a situation where they want engagement, but yeah. they're worrying about so many other things that they lose their confidence mm-hmm. to be able to just focus on. Yeah, you see that a lot with um, people that have had dogs that are reactive, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, they see a, see something that would normally trigger the dog. And then they almost become like, they can't yeah. focus on anything else. Oh my God, oh my God, I'm going to freak out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, actually, um, what you, oftentimes, if you're, and you will know this, Jordan, from the bat stuff, like if you're at a distance where the dog is comfortable, mm-hmm. which is often the case, like mm-hmm. if, you, if you're not working with a dog with extreme reactivity, then you can have the dog at a distance that's comfortable and you can just actually just wait for the check-in or wait for engagement at yeah. that point. Mm-hmm. But instead, people get into this they they get scared, right? And, they and then start they try and with... march past as quickly as possible yeah, while yeah. staring at the other yeah. dog. So you're kind of you're you're heightening all those levels of adrenaline. Mm. You're marching. You're mm. staring at the dogs. You're giving them confirmation that there's a scary thing mm. there because you're also nervous and staring straight yeah. at it. Mm. So it's that whole combination and trying to remain calm and 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 kind of uh, uh, in control of yourself. And, yeah. and I think that's a big thing because you can't control the environment. Uh, to set the dog up for success if you can't be in calm control of Mm -hmm. yourself that's what it comes down to yeah so really this is just about looking at the whole picture Mm -hmm. and I think that engagement has been overlooked a lot Mm -hmm. um, in in favour of of stuff like recall training but when I first started experimenting with this whole idea of engagement one of the things that really um, struck me was the response from people that they don't just say hey look my recall has improved they say their lead walking has improved 
right? Because again, the dog wants to stay with them. Yeah. Or or you just. I remember one case I did with this lady with a collie, and to be honest, she really didn't like her dog at the point where we started working with her, and she started doing engagement stuff, and just the contrast between the first and the second session was just incredible like the amount that she'd kind of rekindled her relationship with her dog and like there's a book called the power of habit by charles duhigg and he talks about these things called keystone habits right like if you start eating healthy then that tends to have an impact on the rest of your life you know you start exercising more you start feeling better and i really feel like engagement is actually a keystone habit for dogs in a relationship yeah Yeah. like if, if you get people engaging with their dogs actually that has like a uh, impact on so many different areas has a domino effect doesn't it mm. definitely yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. It's I, I think if you're fun then the world becomes more fun you yeah. become more interesting <laughs> and it's it's less about looking around to try and fulfill that need for in- enjoyment because mm. you're fulfilling it and that's the most important thing it's a no-brainer mm. yeah. right? i think interesting what you say about the loose lead walking because i've quite often seen that you know people that have got problem problems in inverted commas with dogs pulling on the lead mm. In recall classes, when you have got engagement going on and you're doing exercises like we're trying to do some check-ins, so maybe they're walking around the field waiting for their dog to get slightly distracted by something, then maybe walk back, wait for them to look back, you know, reinforce all of that. But they, they, they really, and again, good problem to have. They struggle getting the dogs to leave their side, <laughs> and they go, and then, and then the next day they're saying, you know, oh, I can't teach my dog to walk on these. And I said, well, I've just watched you walk around a field yeah, yeah. full of other dogs, yeah. you know, with your dog right next to you without any cues Issues. or anything, yeah, yeah and yeah. just wanting to be there. Well, the cool thing about engagement as well, I mean, when you start going deeper into it, is you, you can, I mean, if you think about it, like any dog training you can actually have cues for your dog to engage with you, mm. right? Like, so for example, in the class situation, you can have being surrounded by other dogs as a cue to engage to with engage. you. Mm. Like, how useful is that? Yeah. You know, like, I've worked with a lot of people where they've got it backwards, right? Like, they go to a park, um, like a busy park, and the dogs learn that when you go through the park, you run around, you look for other dogs to play with, mm-hmm. or you, yeah, you look course. for picnics or whatever. But you can flip that on its head, <laughs> You know, walk through the park, start engaging with your dog, and then what the dog learns is when we go to the park, this is where I do fun this. stuff happens. Yeah. I have to engage with my owner. Yeah, this is where the toy comes out. This is where yes. we do some scatter yeah, feeding. Yeah. And the ones. This is it. I mean, how useful is that yeah. when you when you go to these places which are the highest distraction? Mm. You actually teach the dog that that is the cue mm-hmm. for them to be attentive to you. And again, that just I remember yeah. Kay Lawrence saying something once uh, about a dog. <laughs> that uh, someone in another class had, had done something with a squeaky toy with their dog and um, she went back for the next week and just trained that dog that when it heard the squeaky noise it meant ding focus um, <laughs> so the next week when she went back hey, squeak the toy all you want yeah <laughs> brilliant yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that is that's, that's exactly what I'm talking see, about yeah, in a nutshell yeah. isn't it yeah. 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 And, and saying that oh, just, oh, today is so funny I see a dog today at class that I haven't seen for a while and we taught her loads of mat work stuff. And she said, honestly, like, you know how much I love this dog. She said, and her mat work's amazing. She said, you know what the thing of it is? Throughout the summer now, she said, I would be out walking her and she'd see all these people with picnics and she'd just go over and sit on their picnic. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's great. Oh, that's funny. Hi. <laughs> Is that a pork pie? <laughs> <laughs> this doing mat my, comes I'm doing my mat work. Look at me. I'm such a good girl. Yeah, yeah. and it, it comes up again and again and again in our in our topics here about that <laughs> wanting, you know, engage with your dog when you're out and about. Look at your walks as 
as something you can go on as an adventure, mm-hmm. you know, not as a time to check your Facebook messages or listen to podcasts. Um, <laughs> yeah, although, you know, yeah, go out for a solo walk to listen to this show. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, we see it all the time. I'm sure we do. Um, I'll hold my hand up. I've done it myself or I've not been that engaged on dog walks. Yeah, from time I still to time. do it. Yeah. Um, Am I right about this? I'm, I'm, not, yeah, I'm not saying you know, we're all perfect here in any way stre- stretch of the imagination, but... What I do do is I'm mindful about the moments where, like, this is going to be a dog walk today. Mm. This is going to be me and my dogs having fun. I'm going to do the stuff they love, which I also love. And at the end of it, everyone's happy. Well, and also I think a lot of people get into this habit of going for, like, hour-long walks, mm. right? Where you, you go for an hour-long walk and you don't pay the dog any attention. Yeah. So actually, if you would have just taken 20 minutes yeah. and actually just spent that... not have to be the whole hour, does it? <laughs> no, no you, yeah. you just would have... You could have even taken a shorter walk, though. Yeah. An actual <laughs> 20 minutes of and just, just engaging. And with yeah. your dog and, and you would have, um, mm. you know, had a, a better, more productive time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, you know, I know that you wanted to aim this podcast more at dog owners as well. And I really feel like this is one of the biggest areas that dog owners can... It's almost the crown success. jewel, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah. You, you obviously, we, we, I don't know whether we said that you do a podcast yet on this uh, in this interview, but obviously you do a podcast. We've mm-hmm. just done, Steve and I have just done an interview with you on your... Yeah, uh, we're doing a crossover. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, bad, bad choice of words, eh? Yeah. <laughs> 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 a bleed through. Yeah, let's go with that one. Um, sounds messy. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> messy. I'll just shut up now. Yeah. Um, yeah, dog talk. So yeah, yeah, tell us a little bit about your podcast. Yeah, so I started a podcast, uh, Dog Talk with Nick Benger. Uh, it's where I, a bit similar to you, I interview other dog trainers, but we have more of a long form. So I interview other dog trainers for about an hour usually. And yeah, I just talk to experts from all over the world. We try to have a range of different topics. Um, and what's your aim? So. To, to try and guide uh, um, trainers more so than owners? or? Well, it started out a little bit aimless, to be honest, George. Okay. <laughs> As all good things do. <laughs> it started out as just kind of like, I really want to have a podcast. I want to experiment with this. Mm-hmm. And then as things have gone on, I think, you know, we've spoke about this a little bit. You, you, you get surrounded by other experts and you just want to talk mm-hmm. loads about theory and geeky stuff. So as it's gone on, I think we've got a little bit more free- theoretical, but we certainly do have people that are dog owners that listen mm-hmm. in as well. Cool. Um, so, so, so guys, yeah. if you're listening and you're a dog owner, it's a great yeah. show or a dog trainer. Great yeah. show, go check it out. If you I listen. I wouldn't say this if I didn't think it. I listen to it and I really, really love it. It's really good, yeah, really, really good. Too. And it's also opened doors to other podcasts mm-hmm. as well, which mm-hmm. is the best thing about podcasts. And, 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 and we were talking uh, before in our interview about people in the industry working together, which I think is so important. Which is why it's so great that we're able to collaborate. You know? Yeah, and I think the more people that help each other within, we're this all world, on the, the same better. mission, aren't we? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, well, one of the cool things about podcasts is you get to introduce people to other people, mm-hmm. right? Like, there are people that listen to your show that don't listen to my show. There are people that listen to my show yep. that don't listen to your show. And, and if we can collaborate more, then we can get all of this cool information out to more people. Mm-hmm. And, and in some ways, it's immaterial whether it's dog trainers or dog owners, mm-hmm. because either way, it's, it's going in my yeah. direction. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. I love it. Fun. Steve Mann said something many years ago that I'll never forget, and that is... You know, what we know isn't a secret. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yeah. know, we want to get it out there to as many people as we possibly can mm-hmm. to help as many dogs as what we can. Because actually, do you know what? It's going to make it a much better place to be. For everyone. Yeah, yeah. totally. And I said I said in, in the other interview 
there are more than enough dogs out there for everybody to train. You know, there are. They're, we're saturated with dogs all over the place. So don't worry about the market being oversaturated with trainers because it's not going to happen. This particular <laughs> thing as well that we're talking about today about your dog's engagement with you, I see, especially around my local area, mm-hmm. I, um, I'm, I'm on some Facebook pages like, you know, you have local dog walking Facebook pages and things like that. And the biggest complaint you always get on there, without a doubt, is... You know, my dogs, you know, the the dogs that just run up to every other dog, dogs that are on lead, you know, that sort of stuff, jumping up at people. Um, he's you know. friendly. Yeah, don't worry. <laughs> Half a mile down the road. Yeah. He's, fr- he's got to be told. Let me, you know. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah that's the yeah. classic. Yeah, he's got to be told. Yeah. I don't particularly want my dog to land under. Tell your dog, deck your dog off. But, um, <laughs> but it's, yeah, I and I think I feel there's two there's two reasons for this. Either people just don't care. Which I'm kind of hoping isn't isn't the isn't the big one, or people just don't know. And this stuff like about engagement that we're talking about today that it's it's easy, it's it's easy. You can manage their environment, you can manage the situation so your dog's not doing that, not learning to do the stuff you don't want them to do, and then you can implement some of this stuff nice and easily and get and your fun. dog wanting to say, yeah. "Yeah, I'm fun." Yeah, and you were you were talking about the history of it earlier as well, and and one of the things I mean, um, obviously I wasn't really around, but I think one of the things that I think contributed to this is when people started finding out about socialization, they got a really wrong idea about mm-hmm. socialization. You know, they thought that socialization was basically put your puppy around loads of other puppies and leave them to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's actually proper socialization should be, you know, you can see other dogs and you can play with them. You can interact with them, but actually I'm, I'm, I'm where the good stuff yeah. happens. Yeah. 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 Because well, you don't send your kids to school to learn how to riot, do you? And it's yeah. the same thing. I mean, you wouldn't just let your puppies out in social situations just Absolutely. to have a riot. Cause that's all they're learning. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, I, there was a very popular blog. Um, I think the lady, I'm probably going to butcher her name. I think it was Megan Carnes mm-hmm. who said, you know, she put up a controversial blog, which said, I don't socialize my dogs. Yes. I remember reading this, but I actually don't, f- I don't I think the title yeah, was because she does right. socialize her dogs. She does socialize her Provocative, dogs. Provocative, though. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that was intentional. I yeah. don't know. Mm-hmm. But Maybe. but what the message of the the blog was um, not to socialize in that way where you're just letting a dog do whatever they want with mm. other dogs and all that kind of stuff. Socialization is about hey, you can be around other dogs and stuff. Yeah. But you can focus on but, me. And yeah, we can do, do stuff. That, and yeah, let's do stuff. Be controlled. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and teaching teaching uh, uh, young pups impulse control and dogs impulse control is huge. And doing that in social situations is massive as well. And you can only do that through management of them and the environment mm. and, and reinforcing all the appropriate things. You know, yes. I mean, if you you don't want dogs just to learn to have a free for all, that's not. Mm. So, no. so this whole engagement thing really ties in with socialization as well and changing how we think about socialization. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, because socialization is a good thing and it is important. Yeah, but um, it's how you go about it. Yeah, yeah, as is always. It's the <clears throat> it's the detail within that, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So, so, so it's not like go out and meet a hundred dogs every day, and yeah. uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. what happens further down the line is you get the dog that you were talking about, where yeah. it's like he's friendly, he's yeah. he needs to be told anyway, and yeah. like the dog that just goes to the park and seeks out other dogs. Yeah, yeah. half a mile away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah so okay so where can everyone find you then nick as we round off the interview yeah well on facebook i have a page which is just my name nick benjo i i post the podcast there and also any kind of content i put up obviously you can get the free engagement guide at www.barkplayteach.com slash the hyphen engagement hyphen guide uh my podcast is called dog talk with nick benger so you can find that on any of the podcast apps and i also have a facebook group which is dedicated to the podcast which is dog talk with nick benger podcast discussion group you can request to join there 
And that's just where we kind of talk about the podcast and everything that goes on. That must be it. quite interesting. And I'm going to have to join join up. To yeah, that absolutely. One. Well, yeah. your this uh, our podcast that we did mm. earlier will be posted on there, so yeah, yeah, you'll like, be part so of the discussion. I might join after you're discussing me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't don't accept it. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit for <laughs> well, Thank you so much for coming yeah, down. Thank you for joining. Really, really appreciate. Thanks for having me. Yeah, really appreciate it. Nice one.